You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Peel, and each week you'll hear from artists, entrepreneurs, and others who have found that betting on themselves has made all the difference. This week, my conversation is with Laura Amerton, co-founder of Healthy Cuts Northwest on Alberta here in Portland, Oregon, and founder of The Filling Station Tiger. Both stores are focused on high-quality cut products like all-natural food. In particular, the filling station has a really innovative approach to connecting customers through technology. It's kind of hard to do justice to in a short intro, but I think you'll find it really interesting once Laura gets talking about it in the second half of the interview. I had such a good time learning from her insights, and I need to apologize for interrupting so much in the later part of this podcast. I think you'll agree that I'm a much less interesting person to listen to than she is. Something more interesting to listen for in this podcast, though, is the way that Laura draws so successfully on other people's knowledge in reducing the risks for her business and in making her stores the best they can be. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. My girlfriend and I are thinking about getting a dog as well. Oh, are you? Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of like... Looking around, like looking at different like foster dog communities and like that kind of thing. There's so many good places in this area, like Portland metro area. So if you yeah. need any recommendations, let me know. Yeah, our, our big issue is that we're seeing a lot of like pit bulls or like super high energy terriers. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, no, like the pit bull thing. Like, I'd be fine if I like had had other dogs and knew I was like a really good trainer where like I could yeah. control a dog. But it's kind of it's a responsibility thing, like, yeah, because the dog, if it attacks something, like, mm-hmm. it is kind of a, like, weapon. Yeah. Like, like, it's bred to be able to, like, hurt other dogs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is, I don't know. I know. Their, their reputation is, is, is tough, and I've never met a, a bad pit bull. I've never met a, um, not the sweetest dog in the world, but I know I've that they exist. I've heard that they're all super sweet. Yeah. yeah. Like that's everything I've heard. And but, just, yeah, I just heard about a terrible incident with a pit bull last week. And it's, you know, so there's things that do happen. And I think, I think it's, it's tricky. You kind of just have to take it dog by dog. And every dog, I think I told you, my dog is pretty. That's our drive through bell, by okay, the way. Cool. <laughs> if you wonder what's going on. Um, the, my dog is very um, sketchy. I'm going to say that word. That's a good word sketchy? for sketchy around people. Okay. Yeah. And I've had Just her since like she was eight unpredictable weeks. Very unpredictable. Okay. She has bitten somebody yeah. um, unprovoked. And mm-hmm. it's just a one, it's just an interesting scenario to be in. I don't know. I mean, you catch them on the wrong day. Uh, my dog as a kid was like super sweet and like good temperament. And, like, and then uh, she just like hit an age where she didn't like little kids anymore and like, yeah. Kind of snarl if they like started petting her. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I don't know. Guess we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's like, and I think that everyone's individual and they, they're just like people, you know, yeah. they change and evolve over time too. Yeah. So, a lot of like, personality, like, life yeah. changes. Yeah. And it's about reading body language. I'm learning. It is, there are so many warning signs that dogs will give before, uh, usually. Yeah. Usually, it's kind of like people. There's, yeah. there's people who have filters. Right. Most dogs have filters, but then there's some people who just are kind of crazy. And there are some kind of crazy dogs. Right. And well, like so little kids might not be reading those the signs of the dog. Okay. They wouldn't know. Yeah, just they start doing things like licking their lips, um, bowing. Um, they're like a they call it um, play bow. Um, right. um, they'll they'll shake. 
they'll like like they're shaking off water off their coat. Those are all stress relieving signals, calming signals they're doing. Oh, really? And people do a lot of things too. We'll fidget. Um, we'll I, I don't know. I don't even know what people do, but maybe I do this. I don't know. But um, and so with dogs, they have all these things. And like just if they to say that they're stressed. Yeah, and it's not that they're trying to tell anybody. It's they're trying to calm them themselves down. Mm-hmm. But if the stress doesn't go away and they keep. <laughs> you know getting kind of um bombarded with it mm-hmm. that can that's where it usually leads to a bite yeah. and it can happen quickly though but they sh- they will show all these symptoms or these um stress signals prior to it generally most dogs don't just go and bite somebody yeah it's pretty rare my dog did yeah that was weird she literally did without a, a, a one stress signal at all right. um bolted out of my car and grabbed a guy by the hand now she didn't break skin but it scared me yeah and so I got bit by my uncle's dog like that did you yeah I was just like it was just out of the blue yeah and I knew it was like a mean dog I shouldn't have been messing with it or anything (laughs) you asked for it I thought the chain was a little shorter than it was as I was like walking by (laughs) yeah Yeah, they are they are still wild animals on the deep deep inside just Mm -hmm. like people I guess (laughs) so yeah Um, so you mind telling me a little bit about how um, you got started with the store in Alberta? Absolutely. Um, it was actually accidental the way I started that store. I wasn't looking to um, open a business at the time. I was working for a large organization. I didn't love my job, but I was content. What was your job within the organization? Um, it was a very long title. It was called Service Excellence Manager for a hospital organization. Um, and the position I thought had a, had something to do with um, um, systems that were set in place by the organization, but as it turned out, they were creating it when I got there. And so I was involved in helping to create customer service programs for um, to increase customer service from the staff side so that um, uh, patients and their families would feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea how big of a job it would be. It was really great for me to do that job. And I didn't do it for very long. I did it for only a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, I think without it, I wouldn't have had the skills to, to open a business. I had, I, so it's interesting how it was like a stepping stone and I didn't even realize it. And so the way I started, to answer your question, was the way I started the, uh, the store on Alberta Street is my neighborhood store, um, a, a new pet supply store to open in my neighborhood. Um, I started um, going there as a customer, um, got to know the owner really well. She was really great. We got to become friends just as, you know, yeah. we wouldn't hang out outside of the store, but we definitely had long conversations. And one day she, she told me, she shared with me that she wanted to open a second store. She knew where she wanted it. She said, she chose well. She chose very well. (laughs) She knew it was an up and coming neighborhood that was, um, that most people weren't seeing that side of it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of it being up and coming, because it had been kind of um, on the boarded up buildings, a lot of gang um, activity, a lot of illegal drugs, all kinds of things were going on for a long, long time. And she saw the potential and that the, the city had been put, pumping some money into okay. revitalizing it. And the only thing is she didn't want to do it alone because it costs money and it's yeah. a risk. And um, she wanted to make sure she didn't spread herself too thin between two stores. 
So that began yeah. the talk. Began talking the talks, and at first I thought she was just crazy. Why would you? Who am I to help you open a store? Yeah. But then, um, after just a day of thinking about it, I I called her up and I said, "Let's talk." So we started negotiating, you know, yeah. not negotiating, but talking about what would that look like. So what were you thinking, like after that first day? Because that's a pretty quick turnaround. I I actually it was almost like a little light bulb went off. Like, um, oh my gosh, that I've been wanting something more independent um, I had I could tell that I had some sort of a, a nagging feeling that I wanted to be my own boss but I didn't know how and I was watching other people around me do that and I was feeling really almost jealous about it you know I, I am going to work doing nine to five work and it's for somebody else and yeah. I really I really thought gosh I, I might want to do this for myself I don't know exactly how or what Right. Um, but so I you did. You are very similar in this respect. <laughs> are we? <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. And and I. So that that started that started the process. It took us several years to actually get the doors open. To actually, the timing of the economy and everything. Um, okay. We we ran into some obstacles because um, about three months after we started talking and we were serious about it, um, September 11, 2001 happened and she got cold feet for all the right reasons and so i felt um uh, so i had a different job at this time uh let me let me back up and say was it a, like a business thing that was like economic and business thing that was uh holding her back or she she was worried about just the the national economy after september 11th and so not knowing what this meant it was like the biggest you know, terrorism act right. in our country at the time, and it literally the next day she called me and said, "I want to hold off on opening a business until I feel more confident in in what this would mean for the business to success have success." Because one of her her name is Julie, and what Julie Julie was very responsible with finances and with making decisions, and she wanted to set us up for success and not failure, and sure. so I think she was really worried that it could be at the wrong time, so she wanted to wait it out and see what happened, and in between that time, then I moved on to that other job I was telling you about. I was actually doing something something else, and I got my, my dates mixed up, but anyhow, she, um, she, she waited, and I went on and did my thing for a while and still shopped at her store and okay. kind of forgot about I didn't well, I didn't forget about it I just didn't think we would do it um, yeah and I considered opening something on my own after that and I decided that I I really didn't I, I'm very loyal and I, I didn't feel good about that idea of doing it without her um, because she was the main person I was interested in working with okay, yeah. and so um, so I decided no I'm not gonna open anything right now but I don't even know how to open anything. I needed her help anyway, so I, 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 w I just had the bug still. And so then it was a couple years later, we started talking again, mm -hmm. and then it took us another um, bit of time before we actually opened our doors. But we did uh, December 1st, 2001, or 2004, excuse me. Okay. So, um, so that's how that started. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, you guys like partnered up on it? Yeah. Like, uh, was there like a uh, I mean, and you don't have to. It's kind of a nosy question. Was there like a financial buy-in? Like, how was that deal structured? Oh, that's. I, I'm happy to share it. Um, so what we did is we, um, I I did the financial part of it. So my I, we are 50/50 partners. Mm -hmm. So 
the the agreement was that I would pay for the opening of the store and she would basically be operations manager she was she her role was to train me how to run a successful business okay. so almost like a franchise franchisor kind of agreement okay, and that's yeah. and that's the closest actual kind of analogy I have to what we set up um, yeah, both a lot like a franchise yeah CD, I don't know. yeah I paid the money for yeah. the rent I paid the money for the product I paid for the you know the equipment and the shelving and all of that up. but then you have she, a proven business model that you know can produce good cash flow and that's exactly right yeah, yeah. and I mean, that, that's pretty valuable and like, that's, that's what felt worth. that because I'm not the riskiest person mm-hmm. in the world but um, so it really worked for who I was my personality um, and she was a great teacher she was really she held her and I held my end and in our agreement both of our attorneys thought we were crazy by the way they didn't believe that what we had what we wanted and what right. we put into um, agreement would actually result in a happy partnership. Right. Um, well, I've heard 50-50 is like <laughs> way worse than 49-51, like however you do it. Uh, it's really, I now know these things. I was so naive going into it that I, and I'm very strong-headed when I make a decision. Yeah. Well, I don't mean like, it, it's harder, I guess. It is that's harder what I mean. yeah. when you have one pers- person that kind of holds a little more of the um, controlling power per se yeah. I hate to use that word then you have a true leader but when you have 50 50 then right. you both have to agree yeah or you move nowhere on decisions right. yeah, yeah. There, are, there are a few like companies whose stocks are publicly traded that have like two CEOs and it's, like it amazes me that they were able to make it work from like whatever I don't know I think like Chipotle had two CEOs or something did they yeah up until like super recently um, and I was just like, how did you make this like billion dollar plus company with two people making having to agree on like every single Everything. decision? Yeah. yeah, that that does sound <laughs> it does sound hard. And and I will say that for for us it worked. Um, but yeah. in our agreement, take, I mean, it takes a lot of like, mutual respect, I'm sure. Or, it does. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. here you, you talk about. It. I don't know. No, what no. What about. I was just going to say do you that. What think it takes? Yeah. Well, for me, what we decided, and this was this is something I I asked for. I said that. I wanted her help for two years, okay. and then I wanted to buy out her shares, um, or have the opportunity to, okay. so that if two years later I felt confident, yeah. and I'd like to go ahead and um, take over the complete, you know, yeah. ownership, that 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 would be written into an agreement, right. and she honored it, and it was easy, and she just she she saw the profit profitability of that business, and she still allowed it because. You never know. That's where our lawyers were concerned was that um, it could be that it's a really profitable business and she doesn't want to hold up that end of it, you know, and, and yeah. people will do things like that. And yeah, and well, so and there's a lot of money. At yeah. People are yeah. Money, money can themselves. ruin it. And I was I was never doubtful of it because we had great communication and we we considered ourselves um really professional business partners and it was my first opportunity to have a business partner um she had had business partners in her previous well in the other healthy pets um and and she she knew how to do that you know she knew how to communicate and how to help work through tough decisions and we made we made really clear-cut black and white rules you know whenever there's a decision to make on spending money 
um, if it's under a certain amount, either of us would make that decision. Mm -hmm. If it's over that amount, we talk to each other. And so that gave me the flexibility to be able to have to make to some decisions, but anything that got yeah. to be significant financial decision, it was a it was a talk, it was a communication. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really key because I, you know, up until opening that store, I never wrote a check for more than like three thousand dollars right you know <laughs> so uh, but what it takes to run a retail store is you're writing multiple checks like that oh and, and we do still write checks in our industry believe it or not um, yeah we all throughout the week um, up to much more than that depending yeah. on what we're buying if I'm what was buying the first big check you wrote was do you remember it yeah my first check I wrote was um, it was for like $2,700 and I thought it was just a million dollars to me okay. and it was for my rent it okay. was um it was for my first it was so exciting to write it i'm like oh this means i have a space i'm yeah. securing it it felt good yeah yeah, yeah so it was for rent <laughs> wow, so but no i think um i think our our partnership was the best of the best i've heard lots of um ways it could have gone i never doubted it for yeah. a second i never underestimated her or overestimated what she was about yeah. we were very open we're close friends still even okay. though she's no longer a part of that store or her other store she sold her shares to her sister so yeah. but we're still good friends so. okay <laughs> that's cool yeah um sounds like almost like a mentorship kind of thing in mm -hmm. terms of like the early stages like how important do you think that is for like people wanting to start their own business i think it's the key yeah. i i really do unless i mean unless you've inherently grown up with somebody in your life that and again that would be a mentorship too <laughs> where yeah. that that shows you um um how to how to be professional how to be successful how to how to critically think um problems and issues that come up how to not over respond how to you know how to categorize what's um of importance when it comes to business and decision making yeah. Some of that you have to learn on your own, right. but a lot of it, most of us will crash and burn if we don't have somebody to go to. So I believe business coaches, um, family members that are um, involved in business, um, outside of parents, I think parents are always going to be harder to go to for that kind of thing, even if they own a business, because they can be overly supportive that can actually hurt you. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't worry. You're the best at this. You know, da 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 da. And right. really, like you need to do a little bit of worrying. Yeah, <laughs> I think you need to be play out some things that can go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the biggest um, some of the biggest problems that can be made is assuming it will just make money and you're good. And really coming at it from a slightly being optimistic. I think that's really important but being realistic that it's going to be tough for two to five years mm -hmm. opening anything and any and generally if there is if it if it goes smoothly at the beginning that's a pretty rare business it's right. not it's not generally that easy to just right i'm thinking retail mostly so yeah. that's my background but um it's it's not an easy thing no. to be known and what makes the first three to five years so hard I think it's word of mouth needs to get out there about who you are. Um, it's like an, almost like a network kind mm -hmm, of thing, like mm -hmm. a network of fans of business. Exactly, okay. exactly. There's um, 
it's important to have a, uh, a broad base of customers for, for different types of things. Um, but there's this rule in business that everybody knows that has had a business or has taken a business class that I've heard of, and that's the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Um, 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customer base. Yeah. Those 20 customers, you have to know who they are. And you only, you only get those by opening your doors or opening your business right. in one, how, whatever it is and, and working really hard at getting the customers and weeding through. And I, the word weeding, I don't mean literally like saying, I'm going to throw this one away and this keep this one, meaning finding out who those ones are that see your vision, um, are like passionate about what you're doing and talk to people about what you're doing. Tell others about it. Um, and you sometimes have to ask them to do that, um, which is where social media is so helpful. But, um, you know, I think I think it really just comes down to old-fashioned service. And whatever it is that someone is going into business for, you know, the, if it's a product-oriented, like what I do, mine isn't unique. There's a million stores that carry products that I carry now. So the only thing that makes me unique is my service to my customer. And so um, it takes time to develop that. And that's why I think it's generally, it's, it's generally gonna take some time for those folks to find you, for you to find them, and for you to nurture the relationships. And what I'm finding that is that very few people, even with an excellent experience in your, you know, with you and your business, they don't trust completely right off the bat. So right. with a new business, I'll, I've had customers, when I first opened my doors in Alberta, um, ask me if they thought I would make it. They would just literally ask me that question. They would just say, do you think you're gonna make it? Cause you know, this neighborhood is uh, just brutal. growing. Um, there was a pet <laughs> supply store that had closed prior to me opening. Uh -huh. Um, near there and it wasn't on the same street it was on another street but kind of near there that some of the folks that had come right. in and they say well you know that other store didn't make it so how are you gonna make it you know and then you still oh. you kind of doubt a little bit yeah, you know how did oh that my, feel it, it it's it's kind of um, it kind of is scary at first and then it's kind of motivating because then my goal is to almost prove it Right. that I can do it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So it's almost like it. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like competitive, but it's, it's, um, I think, I think it's back to your original question. I think it's very, very, um, important to have a mentor. Uh -huh. And one of the best things I've ever done is hired a business coach, um, okay. for me. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit? Like what is a business coach? Um, there are different kinds of business coaches out okay, there, sure. but business coaches generally are people who help help you uh, sort out what's keeping you stuck, so that you aren't moving, so that to keep you moving forward towards your goals and in, in your business. So, okay. if it's some people specialize in getting you to write a business plan and open a business. Some are helping when you've opened your doors and you need help with marketing. Some you know, or, or more financially, you know, interested in helping you with the finances and how to, how to, um, you know, read reports. So, and there's some that are really, um, the, everybody's different. It's just like a doctor, their specialties. Yeah. 
Um, I hired, I've had two business coaches and I never in a million years would have thought I'd, I'd do that or want that. But what I found was it just gave me renewed interest in what I was doing okay. because it was somebody else objectively looking at what you're doing um, and, and kind of putting a big like magnifier in front of the, you know, things that are of issue, you know. And what I found for me was a lot of it was just my tapes in my head about who I was and my, my, I, I limited a lot of, um, I had a lot of limited thinking and I didn't realize that about like what, what I, what I would, how I would approach things, I guess. So it was great because it opened my mind to more opportunities and, and thinking about how to have my employees feel more useful and more, um, bought into the, to the, what we were doing. Right. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, like a few other people I've talked to, I've mentioned the similar thing about like attitude is probably a decent word for it mm-hmm. or like it, but it's deeper than that. There's like something, there are possibilities out there that mm-hmm. are credible and that like are totally achievable and that people don't think are achievable because they just like, they just put that, they say like, no, I can't do that instead of like, yeah, yes. I want to do it. So people like want to fail kind of, or like they want mm-hmm. to fall short of Mm-hmm. that when it's like the same amount of work and like commitment yeah. to really make it happen it's so I don't know that's I, really well said because what you're kind of speaking to if I think I'm hearing you right is um, a fear of success okay um, it's real you okay. know um, and so as kids generally you hear people say the world's your oyster sky's the limit mm-hmm. you know you can do anything you can be president you know president or what have you um and then things happen and we we learn that it doesn't always go the way you you think you know just little things can happen and you start to kind of whittle down who you are and what what's expected of you mm-hmm. and what i find is um most business owners are people who are really resilient to that um, and keep pushing through the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so talking to successful business owners, people who've been doing it for a long time, pioneers, they started something new, mm-hmm. or someone who well, they especially have been t- like, oh, don't you think you're going to fail? It's just like, yeah, just because it's not established. Like, by definition, people aren't conditioned to think that it's like a possibility. Yeah, when you hear the statistics of businesses, it's such a high rate of failure. Yeah. It and different industries have different rates, but right. it's such a high rate. Retail's a very high failure rate. Oh, it's astonishing. Difficult. I mean, you've got yeah. like really high fixed costs and generally like lower margins than you would have. I mean, compared to like a software company that absolutely like, puts up a website, says, "Hey, we sell this thing that like sorts your email." Yeah. Um, and it's like a dollar a year, and then like a million people sign up, and it's a million dollars of like free cash flow just straight to the bottom line. Yeah. Um, it's like that. A, that is a model. Opposite of yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite of it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. absolutely right, and um, and so yeah, I think. Um, I, th- I think that it does take um, someone who can kind of, if they're not there yet, some kind of a mentor that can help them kind of just break through the things that are holding them back. And Is it more of like a 
psychology type? Is it I more of like a personal thing or more of like a hard skills and knowledge kind of a thing? In terms of business coaches? Yeah. I've well, had, what's the benefit for you? I for guess. me? Yeah. Well, I've had two different kinds. Um, the first one, I found that I worked mostly on me. Um, okay. Yeah. And I was, she would ask me questions. There were a lot of open-ended probing type of questions. And based off what I would, how I would respond to some of those, she would dig deeper. And as I realized, a lot of my answers or the, the projections I had for the business or the, the ideas I had for the business, I was really limiting myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she, you know, as we would, she would ask me more questions. Why, 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 why? Basically, uh, yeah. that's the question that always was there. Why do you feel this way? Why, why, why? Yeah. It was therapy. You get pretty deep, like after a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and then you realize, okay, there are really no limits to what could happen here in terms of, I mean, when I first opened this store, when I was about to, when I was the fill- wanting the, the filling station, station the filling station. The, my original idea was I wanted a drive-through kiosk, kind of like. Um, a little coffee stand and that I would be having a warehouse somewhere else that I'd be product over uh-huh. like two or three times a week and that really literally there wouldn't be an inside store for someone to walk into okay. that was my concept I mean, but what like I have is yeah. a completely different co- you know store and that came out of business coach helping me see through that and and make sure that a, I was making good decisions, that I was providing a service that the public was looking for, um, and all of that. So, and we did a lot of different things, focus groups and interviews and surveys and things with, with pet owners in this area. Right. And so... How it, did you I, find the pet owners for that? Um, we found them a variety of different ways. So, um, the the business coach, it wasn't a completely unbiased um, uh, interviews. The business coach that I had had hired she reached out to her network of people and it wasn't just people that she knew but she reached out to the people she knew and said can you reach out to the people you know that have pets that live in southwest area okay beaver to tiger lake oswego westland she just kind of had like a a good network herself that she could leverage a a bit for you she did she had a really extensive network and so through that is how we got the group she never told them anything about the client she was working for mm-hmm. that I owned anything else that I um, it's just like raw data raw data yeah it was finding out what was most important to pet owners um, in terms of where uh, the health and wellness of their pets what was mm-hmm. the most important thing to them was it the food or wasn't it a, was, right. was it the product so they could buy yeah. or was it um, you know the veterinarians that they're going to, what have you. So it was able to kind of narrow it down and find out, was there even a need for a natural pet store in this area? Uh Because maybe they all are happy with PetSmart and Petco and they're just, they don't want anything else. So I needed to confirm it Mm -hmm. before opening. And so, um, and that's a very like simplified it was all extensive sure, yeah. if we did this over the course of two years. But um, How did you find the business coach? Oh, so um, I just believe everything's meant to be. Okay. I don't know. Um, I Okay, so many people mentioned things like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah I think everything, it, yeah, we talked a little bit about that Serendipity, earlier too. Yeah. Serendipity. Um, 
So I had joined a network. So my veterinarian, let me back up. My okay. veterinarian <laughs> um, is somebody who I go to personally, but also um, is fairly close to my other store. And so we would send clients back and forth quite often. So if somebody rec- asked for a recommendation for a veterinarian, I'd give them their, her, her card. They'd, she'd be talking to somebody about pet supplies. She'd give them our card. And we just started developing this wonderful like business relationship with each other. One day she asked if I'd like to um, join a network group, ne- a business networking group that she goes to, um, come for you know a meeting, see if I liked it went to it and decided to join so I joined the the group with her and um so it was all you know just professional networking and I I didn't really like it I didn't really find that it helped a brick and mortar store because a lot of the other companies there were service oriented so services you can you can do virtually anywhere for anybody Mm -hmm. but stores um you know I would say even if it was my best friend in the world, if I'm too far, they're not going to shop with me. (laughs) And so it didn't really work for me, but I met some key people, and one of them was the business coach. And so basically, I didn't know that's what she did. And all those meetings that I went to, she she would explain kind of who she was and how she helped people, but it never occurred to me that was business coach. She didn't explain it that way. And so um, I asked her if she would sit down with me over coffee and could I share a business idea with her? I'd like to see if she can help me with marketing. That was my whole thing because I knew she had a marketing background and that's how she kind of described herself was marketing. So we sat down over coffee and she just looked at me and she said, you were just talking exactly about what, what it is that I do. I help people get there. And on top of it, I didn't realize she was already a customer of my my first store. Yeah. <laughs> she said, "You you don't know this, but I actually shop at your store, and I love what you do." Okay. And Neat. so she was very kind of involved in. She loves pets. She right. knew who I was. She knew what my business sure, was, yeah. and she was really really eager to yeah. help. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Her name is Debbie Carter. Debbie Carter. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. Um, isn't doing that. She's been hiring, hired as a marketing director for a, a major company here in Portland area. Oh, yeah, goodness, she's yeah. she's now doing um, yeah marketing um, okay. full time. But yeah, she she was a very good business coach for me and for a lot of people. And then um, I I met another business coach after I opened the store. So she helped me get the store going. And then um, I met another coach who had a whole different approach, compl- no touchy-feely, no, you know, it was all about what can you do today to make money? What is it, what's one, th- and I needed that. You, yeah, what you what can both, you do yeah. today to make money today? Don't, you know, don't have plans for six months down right. the road. That's, you may not be here in six months. Yeah. But, well, wow, you you're won't right. unless you make money today. Right. That's like their yeah. life. Yeah. So that was really good for me too. And yeah. that was, um, he was uh, free. I liked that. Hey. For 12 weeks, we met uh, in a group setting. The other one was an individual one-on-one. Yeah. And this one was a group. And so I got to hear what other companies and business owners were doing and learn a lot from them. And I got to meet some really great people. So, huh. yeah, that was really. So he was just doing it like for fun or? He was deal? marketing. It was, he was new to the area okay. and he had been a business coach for a while and he was trying to get his business going and start making some relationships and so yeah it was he basically um 
kind of hooked me when he said he he's I have joined the Tiger Chamber of Commerce uh -huh. and it was a meeting there and it was his first meeting he had just moved and he said he made an announcement you can pay five dollars to make an announcement at those meetings so it's okay. five dollars for marketing right so okay. he stands up and he's like a little pop-up ad little pop-up ad for himself okay. yeah like a little like a little commercial yeah. and he stands up and he says who here wants to double their income in 90 days raise your hand <laughs> and we're like yeah I mean anybody wants to double their income in 90 days I don't right. care you know it doesn't matter if you make you know one dollar or nine hundred million dollars and so yeah. more um, money is better than less money yes generally, generally yeah. speaking you can help more people and so he said yeah. okay you know and he kind of explained what he was up to 12-week business coaching course He's, right. he said exactly what he was up to I'm here I'm new I'm trying to network I'm trying to get people to know the value of a business coach I'm looking for you know several people to, to join my class so I went up to him afterwards I said I want to double my my <laughs> income in 90 days it's like a so, long line behind you yeah there was <laughs> um, actually there wasn't I there I say that but I was surprised that not everybody in that room 50 plus people I'm not even sure I would like honestly it seems like a little like salesy or yeah a little salesy um, not that he doesn't know what he's doing, it's just kind of a, like, kind I don't of know, like, I'm always skeptical of that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and double is like, well, too good to be true kind of thing, I don't know. It sounds, yeah, yeah, and and that's that's exactly, you know, what I think a lot of people would say, and I think, see, I don't see any limitations anymore okay. about that, and so when I see, when I see somebody who s seems to be, but I can tell genuine. So uh -huh. you have to appear genuine right. and somebody that's likable to me and trustworthy, then I'm willing to listen. Okay. But I used to be very skeptical, like, no, don't even, no, you know, uh-uh, you know, okay. and I sort of yeah, kind of changed all, all that when I opened the store and kind of changed the way I see the world, you know, in terms of limitations and such. I also stopped trying to be in control of everything, and that was my, that was my biggest Thing I was doing was controlling every situation, controlling every employee, controlling every everything mm -hmm. to the point where I wasn't having fun because I'm controlling everything mm -hmm. because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. Right. And so when you realize no one is in control really, mm -hmm. um, completely. Um, yeah. So all. I'm. <laughs> yeah. I I just I'm more open to to like getting help now. Yeah. And so I'm like, yes, I need to learn more. I need to let go of more, learn how to right. delegate more. Yeah. So. That's the kind of business owner I would like to be. Absolutely. I think especially like in terms of the fun and like using your time well and everything. Absolutely. It's, it's almost like if you're like raising a kid or something and you tell them like everything to do mm -hmm. and it's like probably not super magical. Like, you told them to eat their mac and cheese, they may or may not have done that. Yes. But then, like, that kind of hands-off approach, and you're probably surprised at what they do, and, like, delighted, or... There's, like, the, that's kind of where, like, that wonder yes. of it can come in, I think. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think, I think you're right on about it, and I think as a business owner, a lot of them struggle with that, because I think one common kind of... Um, personality characteristic I guess could be 
there, there's a couple of them I would mm -hmm. say about business owners sure. and they would be almost the opposite um, I guess one of them is what I am and that is that I am I have a lot of pride in doing it all okay and I thought that was my role uh -huh. and so then when you start having employees you start building your business and you have employees it's hard to give up those things because I say to myself a business owner is a person who worries about this and takes on that and manages this and the employees in my mind shouldn't have to that they're helping customers or whatever that business is right they just do this one you know role that they were hired for but what I learned was they want more they want to be involved in your company. They want to learn more. They want to move up. They want more responsibility. Yeah. And well, there's like the purpose and like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a more rewarding job when you have some ownership, not like literal financial ownership, but like. Yes. I think there was like some survey that actually said exactly this thing. Like the biggest determinant of employee satisfaction is their ability to influence the outcome of something. Yeah. Of the company. Yeah. So if you're just like, like passing a paper from one pile to the other, it's like. What joy do you can you get out of that after the first you know day or minutes, year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and I I agree. And then it's hard it's hard because there there are so many companies set up to be just that, mm -hmm. and um, and it, I think that the smaller the company has, the more creativity we can have around mm -hmm. allowing it to be um, um, more intermixed you know mm -hmm. i i actually am trying to learn how to let go and that's what i've been working on for yeah. now three four years yeah. yeah what was the other side of the spec like the other i think spectrum? the other side is somebody who's actually um probably a very successful off the bat business owner i think an entrepreneur somebody who's a little more overall vision seeking um see kind of sees their role and knows that their role is uh, directing others, but not having to do all the work. So I see myself as a worker bee. Uh -huh. I'm a worker bee owner. I think there are companies or, and people that okay. own their businesses who see their role as more marketing, and I've got other people that run my company. And so right. there is two ways of looking at how how to be and I'm just a little more comfortable as a worker bee right that's just who I am what I, I like to mop I like to vacuum I like to okay. clean I like you know but it doesn't really allow me to grow my business right you know you don't, in you a can't way like leverage your time as well correct if you're doing that correct and I believe yeah. that that's not as I think it's it's valuable to start there yeah but I was keeping myself there yeah. and I feel like there are people who see the vision of bigger, bigger, you know, mm -hmm. they can grow multiple locations or what have right. you. And you can only do that by delegating and hiring right, right people. And well, is that what you want? Like now, want now like I'm seeing that business. Now I'm seeing that. Yeah. I mean, like, do you want it? Or, I mean, it seems like you're doing well now. You'd I would like that. Yeah. I would like to like have more several more locations of the filling station. And I would like to have more, um, of my team, grow into key positions with mm -hmm. the company yeah okay cool. yeah um what are you guys working on now that you're excited about oh that's a great question um really just getting this uh this store 
more well widely known mm-hmm. um still working on the word of mouth marketing. i think that's the marketing yeah okay. um growing this store it just takes time and i realized that i'm in a process of kind of breaking the mold of of what people see in a pet supply store and it's not some it's not a concept that is quickly absorbed mm-hmm. um the drive-through yeah um piece and um just some of the other small elements um not too unusual if we were to be in inner city portland what i'm finding out here is harder to get their attention and so they're busy there's there's less loyalty uh to to my business people love us the 80 20 rule still stands but even the 20 are still going elsewhere for things and i'm i'm not i'm trying to work on how to capture how to capture more of their business at this mm-hmm. point in time yeah interesting yeah yeah mind if we skip back sure just not a all. second why do you think that people have like a hard time letting go of more of their roles in the business oh hmm so I can only speak from me and from my perspective, but I think that for me, I had kind of a vision of who I was as a person, kind of um, I'm that person that rarely asks for help. Um, I don't like to ask for help from anybody, you know, and Would so you, it's like sort of a independent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I've, al- I'll, I've always just kind of felt that, not when anybody else does it, but f- when I have, it feels like a weak, a weak's weakness or a, a negative thing to do. And I realized, and it was the coaching where I learned this, was about myself, that I actually put this all on myself at some age <laughs> where I believed that I wasn't doing my job unless I did everybody's job. And, um, and I just, I learned that somewhere along the line. And so as I got older and I had to take on jobs, you know, el- mm-hmm. elsewhere, I just, I have a pattern of that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and then when I became, um, got into roles where I managed people, I realized that I didn't give them the autonomy because I would just do it. You know, <laughs> I would just, you know, make the decisions on things instead of including them in on it, or I would... I wouldn't delegate as much as I should and then I'd end up with more work and so I realized I was kind of creating that and that's just for me I think I think a lot of people learn it earlier I think I was a slow learner <laughs> um, but I do think that it was a good thing for me to finally kind of see and then I could deal with it like how right. do I want to work with that but I don't know I think I think it's it's just um, something that as you get older you don't notice the patterns you put yourself into or how you see yourself and then you you realize you don't have to be that way you can mm-hmm. you can change how you see things and how you do things and yeah. and and when you do that like for me um it allowed me to open this store i couldn't mm-hmm. have done it without help i couldn't have done it without a lot of help actually yeah. <laughs> so yeah. well i mean we're a social species we're not meant to do anything really alone true yeah but I mean, that's kind of yeah. know, like terrible predators on our own. Like we can't gather <laughs> enough food for ourselves. Like you miss like a couple of days and you know, you're dead. Yeah. 
<laughs> then you're dead. Like the odds are just so against you on your own. Um, that is true. I mean, I think there's so much richness when you get to have relationships with people and you you do things together. And that's what I'm realizing. I'm kind of just realizing that now. Like mm-hmm. I've had some situations where it's just been so great to have that collaboration mm-hmm. either with people internally with here yeah. or my other store or with um, companies that we work with mm-hmm. or customer the customers we work with, you know. So all the different circles of influence that I mm-hmm. work with, they're all better when we collaborate. Yeah. And so I'm just, you know, really understanding that now as I get older and see it more so. Um, yeah, it's kind of so a different perspective in a way. You're not, instead of asking, instead of feeling like, a, like it's a weakness, you see like that there's this better thing that you could, mm-hmm. for you, like kind of like crossed over to like, oh, that's really appealing to do this one and like doing it on my own is mm-hmm. and also yeah, And also too, I mean, just, the, the two folks that are here working today are perfect examples of they're in um, they're growing into new positions that are career positions and five years ago we all worked together and it wasn't that way I I was I did the ordering mm-hmm. um, maybe six years ago now I think about it but um, I did all the ordering I made all the decisions I set I set the new, you know, if we were going to bring new products in, it was my decision. And now this is a a collaboration and we each have our own defined roles, but there's a lot of like collaboration within it. I no longer do all that. Mm -hmm. We're too big for that anyway. But even if I, if we weren't, you know, if the same sides we're at now, two or three years ago, I would have still been holding on to a lot of, a lot of information, I think. Mm -hmm that I that would have not allowed them to do what they're doing today okay so interesting these wonderful small companies that we work with and that's because that's our focus is to kind of find those those gems those Mm -hmm. those guys that are in it for the right reasons they love their product they they would only use it with their own animals Mm -hmm. um they're not in it because they want to just make money Mm -hmm. um they're in it because that's really important to me I mean you have to you have to have an income, but if the only reason somebody's making a product or owning a business is to make money, it will fail. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I believe, I, it has to have something that means something to you. Mm-hmm. And so I love it when I see like these companies, local or not, but small ones, grow. And, and then they've got, you know, they start off one person, five people, and... 10 people and mm-hmm. you know but they still it, I like it when they keep their integrity of who they started off being yeah, yeah. and uh, and then you can see ones that sell out to somebody who doesn't and you can see the ones that continue to thrive and grow and mm-hmm. and it's really great so yeah. really I can see that in my industry the most because that's where I'm focused but yeah. I'm sure it happens everywhere <laughs> yeah well I mean if the acquirer is smart they'll keep the integrity too yes so, I mean, that's like, the point that's often like the value of the brand is that it has its integrity. Right, I right. I heard, I heard some crazy story like Walmart was trying to become, like acquire more of those businesses and just like not crush them. Like with like wow. the Walmart, it's Walmart. You have like a, a brand problem where people don't want to be seen as going to Walmart. So they go to Target instead. Yeah. Which is like, you know, a little more expensive. Yeah. It's not it's a Walmart. Re- so yeah, yeah. Like, the perception. Know. 
yeah the, the that's, that's there with Walmart isn't positive. So they wanted to fix their brain and get into like more new things and acquire like not like not like artisan, but like kind of like the more like wholesome mm-hmm. um, products and vibe. Oh, not wow. just like super. I like hadn't heard of that. Margins. Well, I know yeah. they were doing their neighborhood stores, and some of them have worked, and some of them haven't. The smaller footprint um, stores and. That's sort of a trend that's been going on mm-hmm. in brick and mortar retail is is people don't want the big box as much, understandably. You don't get as much service when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, I shouldn't say, I, general, but in general. Mm-hmm. And so Pet, Petco is doing that with Petco Unleashed. Mm-hmm. And they uh, have these little stores that aren't much bigger than what I have here. And the whole idea is to be able to go in there and and service better, but it also makes it easier for them to go in and to a neighborhood with an existing um, independent store and compete with them too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think you know I don't know if it's always altruistic that that what they're doing, right. but it's competitive. I'm very I'm intensely competitive. Yeah, it is. Some companies make the mistake, and I would say this would be probably smaller companies like mine. You know, one owner single store what have you um of creating something that they think everyone will love because they love it uh-huh. you know and i think i think that is a downfall for a lot of companies they'll they'll open a, a business um and a restaurant or a business you know or a retail or what have you and not everyone sees their vision mm-hmm. um like they do and then their heart gets broken because mm-hmm. this is their baby and mm-hmm. and eventually goes out of business and I think that's where it's why so many crash and burn mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's that and location mm-hmm. you know it is all about the right location as well um, for what I what I do I realize when I say what I'm talking about with my business some things won't apply uh, t- yeah. to everything you know because more and more are not stores you yeah. know they're not biz- they're not brick and mortar but um, I do believe whatever the business is, it has to be something that people are needing and it's unique. Um, they may not know they need it though. So it, it's just, they may not have understood that there was something right. missing for them. But once they, it, so it has to be have that kind of need for the community yeah. and that be balance unique. between like new and desired. New and desired, yeah. yeah. And it's just, just new that people don't know they want yet. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, there's some Steve Jobs line about that, I'm sure. But. I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to talk a little bit about technology in your store? Sure, okay. sure. Um, what would you like to know? Well, I mean, you're doing new things that, like, a typical, I don't know, like a business 10 years ago wouldn't have done. Sure. Like, oh, sure. even the drive-thru. Like. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't consider myself someone that's highly technolo- <laughs> technological myself, yeah. but... Um, I, I definitely feel that we're we're in the right um, spot with that. Um, so one of the things that I wouldn't say is high tech, but one thing that makes people's life easier, and I think technological you know advancements have made our lives easier in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. um, for for us, one of the missions of my business is to to make it make everything easier for a pet owner we know everyone's got busy lives (laughs) and um and they're on the go and 
they've got kids, they've got pets, they've got homes, they've got, you know, commitments and, and such. So we do have a drive-through, um, and that is to help make their, their day quicker, you know, so that when they stop here, because it is a tour for a lot of people that come get pet food. We're usually on a, a list of milk, eggs, and pet food. <laughs> and so um, so we have two experiences for people. One is, is the chore, you know, that we're on the list, and the other one is the social for their pet yeah. or for them. Um, speaking of drive-through, there goes our drive-through bell. Um, and so the drive-through is is not high tech by any means. I'm still working on online shopping. <laughs> I don't have that yet, um, but that is coming. Oh, like order, like online to offline. Yeah, kind of thing? yeah, yeah. So, which is pretty like cutting edge tech, from like what I understand. Yeah, like there's that's a, a very new concept. It is. Starbucks has it. Um, yeah. uh, Crate and Barrel of all stores has that now. Yeah, you know, order online, pick up in store, order online, pick up in parking lot. You know, that kind yeah. of thing has been starting um, quite I think a bit. I heard Fred Myers working on something. Fred like Myers, that. yeah, yeah. Um, and so that, you know, I'm just trying to, to decide the right way to do it. Is it going to be an app or is it going to be online shopping? Not sure. But yeah. the, the beautiful part of that would be if you're sitting at work and your lunch is coming up and you're like, I really need to go get my dog food. About 30 minutes, I've 10 got, minutes away. I need to eat and I need to get my dog food. Okay, I'm going to pre-order and have it ready for me at this time. Uh-huh. And then... They literally, you know, you literally pull up and then it's available. Yeah. Right now, I have a lot of people call ahead, and that's, you know, old-fashioned, but it works really well. Mm-hmm. Most people just pull up and we go grab it, and it's very quick. Still, we're yeah. I mean, we're, what is it like thirty feet from? Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> super efficient. Yeah. So that's one thing, and technology will be following that. So I started with the drive-through without the technology, and uh-huh. the technology will be following. Um, and. I also was sort of testing out the idea, will people come through my drive-through? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to invest in something that fails and flops. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you just get that little approval first. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's like free to test it this way, right? Like, totally. Like totally no. free. Yeah. I had to put in um, a door, but, you know, hey, big deal. I put in a door. <laughs> That's like, and, uh, an app developer probably costs more than a door, so... Absolutely, yeah. It's I've had a lot like of different quotes, economy. and I'm yeah. like, oh, they're 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 not cheap. But um, no. <laughs> so <laughs> the other the other technology that I'm very proud of is our own proprietary um, profile system for our customers and their pets. So yeah. I thought this is neat. It's almost like a social media. It is uh, it, for for pets in their shopping. Yeah, yeah, it's it's there's nothing quite like it. Um, my my developers on the project the only thing they could actually compare it to and they were like you know this is new laura you're on to something yeah this is awesome and we're so excited to build Mm -hmm. this for you they said the only thing that it comes close to for them is um some some people have their own profile for their health care. They can go in, they can look at their test results. Yeah. They can go in there, talk like to their doctor. Charts or something, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, this is the closest to that that I can think of. But yours is more fun like Facebook because they can put pictures of their pets in it. Right. Yeah, so like, <laughs> that, that's what have you. Like, and look at other profiles or yeah uh, yeah wait oh actually can you like well no you can not yet but okay. i could i could develop that piece and that was okay. something that we talked about and played around with the idea of okay so i'm a customer at the filling station and i'm going to put yeah. my pet's picture in there and i want to look for all the other labradoodles that matt you know so my yeah. dog that's a labradoodle can go play with these labradoodles and maybe we can talk 
and that was something oh, that, that would was, be neat. That was that that, so uh, there's cool. a lot of lot of um, there's a lot of things we could do with it. Yeah. We started off with a basic, and it still was very. It was it was half the amount of money I borrowed for the store was went right to that technology. That's wow. how strongly I felt about doing it. Um, with the intention that I'm going to grow more than one store, yeah. to spend that kind of money on one store is a is a crazy risk. Um, yeah. So the goal is to open more stores and then be able to share this between the stores. But um, so the it, I, we call it my pet profile. Um, my pet profile is um, is an ability for every customer to go in there and load up their pet's photos and information about their pet. Um, they have access through our website. It's a customer login portal. They click on that. They enter the the email that they have given us. Um, that they use here at the store. That email allows us to print receipts that go right, not print, but email receipts of their purchases, allows them to go in through our website, um, share information about adoption days, birthdays, their birthdays, their address if they'd like us to know where they live. Birthdays being pet birthdays. Pet birth and and, and, and donor birthdays, birthdays. yep. And um, if we get their address, we may send them flowers. They don't know. Um, mm -hmm. We plan on doing only good things with this information. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're planning on surprising them. My whole concept of this store is to astonish people in ways that they've never felt before. And so I have lots of things floating in my head about what I could do with this profile. But right now we have it on the basic level. We are, we are celebrating the birthdays. We are, um, we have, uh, cupcakes for dogs, cookies yeah. for dogs. Give yeah, the them cupcakes are cute. Super, <laughs> thank you. Um, Super cute. Yeah. And oh, so, what does like the birthday thing look like? So what? yeah, if somebody's on the um, on the my pet profile, if they ha happen to give us their their pet's birthdays right now, or their birthdays, they get an email from me directly from me. It's nothing that's. I, I haven't streamlined anything. I don't believe in a lot of that. I believe in you know coming from my heart. So I yeah. send them. An e I look. I ch I do a a review of whose birthdays are coming up and on their birthday. I don't do it the week before. I do it the day of the birthday. I send them an email, and I I say happy birthday to to them or their pet. If they provided a photo of their pet, if it happens yeah. to be for them, I include the photo of their pet in embedded in the email. Mm -hmm. Um, because everyone likes to see their pets, so yeah. <laughs> makes them happy. Well, they probably haven't seen that picture for a while. Or, yeah, yeah, they because they loaded that photo into their profile. So I'm I have a when they when they do go into the profile, they do sign a waiver. You know, just like anybody does when we go into anybody's website and s create our own profile. That's yeah. I don't that even remember. I just like click submit. Like yeah, click <laughs> agree and like move exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it gives us the ability to be able to respond to them and to be able to use their photos and such and um and to s so they can go in there and they can look up all their purchase history they can sort their purchase history by product they can put in a search word they can say i want to know how many um how many bags of these particular treats i've purchased over the last six years or what mm -hmm. have you they can actually do that searching for themselves mm -hmm. and it is amazing how many people forget what they buy they come in and they go, what do I, I get a green bag. What is that bag again? So this gives them the ability if they want to, to go in and look at what they That's purchase. Yeah. Um, it's, so this uh, profile system links directly to my POS. Um, so it was built to plug into it so that all that 
purchase history immediately goes into their profile. So literally they can be on their profile, make a purchase, and then the, the product that they just bought will within seconds load into their profile. So our technology is built built um, on a basic scale at this moment, but has the ability to grow as we grow and, um, and be used in a kind of a lot of ways. And so right now I'm, I'm feeling that we're just testing it and seeing what customers want. And at this point in time, I think they like, they like being recognized. They like their pets. They can load pictures of their pets and we can get to know who they are at a, a little bit deeper level than them just, it's not such transactional coming in, get mm -hmm. pet food and go. Now I can go in there and see, cause they can also tell us about um, health concerns so that nothing is a write-in on my profile it's all check boxes so we went in and we found the top 100 health concerns people have for their pets we found um, uh, a list of all the AKC breeds of dogs and all the breeds of cats and such so that when they're going in they're they're like clicking and telling us the breed of their pet or if it's a mixed breed uh, it's a mixed breed, but then we get their weight, we get their age, we get their health concerns, so that we can actually filter out information on our back end and, and see how many of our customers are concerned about hip dysplasia with their dog. Right. How many of our customers' cats are, are having kidney issues because we actually can help them, yeah. maybe. Could you send like, like an email saying like, hey, I see your cat has hip dysplasia, this yes. new product, check it out absolutely and that's and that's the next level I'm going with so I can do that now but I haven't done that yet mm -hmm. so I can filter that information but I haven't used my system to, to actually leverage that and that's really where I need to go because mm -hmm. it, it's one thing to celebrate a birthday it's another another thing to well, probably get somebody to brings people into the store creates yeah an experience, yeah it does some loyalty. it does it's interesting we've got these three that are still waiting to come pick up their their um, birthday gifts from earlier in the month, you know, so it may or may not be the thing that drives them in or adds value to their world. I'd say about 50% come in right away. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And they're like, there's okay. a birthday gift for my dog. <laughs> there's wow. something for my cat, you know, but then the other That's 50. That's a pretty good. It's pretty high. That seems very high. That's it's pretty high. Like a, that's, I think you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank good. you. Well, yeah. thank you. And then we, the other, um, and this is not high tech, uh, email marketing is old fashioned and most people are using texting of marketing and what have you, but we do, we do emails and my email list is, um, or my emails have only to do with, uh, at this point in time, events that we have in store. So we send out an email to our customer base um, whenever we have something going on. And so that's about four to six emails a month. Mm -hmm. And um, those emails are oh, yeah. just about, you know, inviting them in. We have this speaker coming in or we have this adoption event coming in, happening or this nail trim event or what have you. So mm -hmm. um, and that really our, our open rates on our emails are above industry standard, which is really nice. I, I didn't know what is, like an average. Um, I want to say, and I may be wrong about this, that it's only about 10%. Mine are around 30%. And that doesn't sound like a lot because you no, think- No, it sounds like a huge amount to me. I mean, 
I don't know how if you open all your emails or not. I know I don't. I know that I can't. I'm just not that busy. Yeah. So you, so you <laughs> so I'm going to get you on my list. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it's um, certainly something that I yeah. think has is sort of grown grown old fashioned for a lot of people. And you'll start. You know, we see all these companies marketing texting and text uh, glo- um, um, global. T- I don't want to say global te- texting. Um, um, I'm getting the words wrong. Where where you can actually be in an area and it can sense your location and send you a text and say, "Hey, check out this um, you know sale we're having today," because they know that you're near nearby, by or you're near another store that does the same thing you do. Huh. And so that's a lot of those things where you they you know points for things like I uh, get points for your uh, sandwich at a store. A lot of those are ways for them to get into and know your, you know, information so they can do that. There's a term for it, geofencing. Yeah. And I'm I'm not a big advocate of that kind of thing. I'm a lot more old-fashioned. My whole store concept yeah. is based off of old-fashioned Very relationship-driven, Very, like. very. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably why you have 30% open rate. I think because I'm not trying to sell them anything on my email. Not my... It's like a fun email to open. It's more of a fun email to open. Yeah. Yeah, It's People like that. Yeah. Yeah. And my whole goal with that actually eventually is I want to use their own pets in my email. So I would love to be able to... When you and your girlfriend adopt your dog and Mm you come... Say you come and shop here... you know that when you see an email coming from the filling station, it's going to show your dog's photo. Right. It's going to be like... Not only that, it'll be a photo from a while ago. So it'll be like a puppy photo of them. Yes. Oh, man, that's That's so cool, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it may not be every time, so it's not going to be so predictable, but it would be, Mm -hmm. you know, this email that says, hey, you know... um, um, it's time for it's time to let you know about some events going on that you and Rufus might be interested in. Yeah. And, da, 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 and here's Rufus's picture, and here's you know us talking about like this party we're gonna have because we are turning two, or mm-hmm. and there's all these like awesome raffle prizes we want you to know about. So yeah, yeah. So but we don't try to sell anything on email. That's not the goal. I mean, the goal is just creating community within mm-hmm. the the business. Um, and ultimately, my goal is word of mouth. It's just letting people know we're here. They tell their friends, and and that's what we're about. Well, starting this, uh, starting the filling station. What what is what's something that you thought like worked really well for you? Oh, well, I think um, I think keeping my brand um, in my forefront with everything I, every decision I made thinking who am I what is my brand and not forgetting that uh-huh. because our our brand is very there's a lot of imagery involved yeah. in my brand in yeah. terms of like what yeah, we're doing and so it, yeah. yeah and so for me it was really really important to have everything that I did feel like who we are so that if I took, if I went out into the community and did a health fair, or if I did had a booth at the, you know, uh, an adoption, an event, mm-hmm. say a, a dog event or what have you, or I, um, if I if I sent a, um, a mailer to a pet owner, inviting them in for 
you know, an, an event we were doing. Mm-hmm. I wanted all that to tie in together so that there was no doubt this is the same place. Okay. Because my name, the filling station, is very confusing for people. I thought it, I, I did expect people to pick up on the logo in my name if by yeah, signage. Yeah, the dog bowl. Yeah. yeah and, and I knew it would be a little tricky because it doesn't say, like my other store is called Healthy Pets Northwest. Mm-hmm. And at the very worst, we get confused with the veterinary hospital. And I'm like, I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> Some people call and say, my dog has, can I get an appointment for my dog today? They need to come in. I'm like, I'm not a vet hospital, but I can direct you to that. At least they've got yeah. animal industry, correct? Yeah. Here, <laughs> the filling station, even with the logo, has been a challenge for people. Yeah, and it's part like of the- a sign on the highway says like, dog food, yeah. arrow. <laughs> yeah, and it's part of the mold I'm breaking yeah. on purpose. It's, it's sort yeah. of a compliment because I didn't want a logo or a name that has been done before with paw prints everywhere. We all do it. Yeah. My other store has the same thing. Yeah. Yin yang, yin yang paw print. You know, it's like, what oh, speaks- Oh, I didn't know it said paw print. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, I thought that was actually a pretty unique sign for a pet store. So I mean, that's that good. That was Julie's whole, you know, yeah. that was her thing and it was fantastic for that, yeah. for that store. You know, perfect yeah. and, and yet, I know a vet hospital that has it. I know. Oh, really? Yeah. I okay. know, and I haven't it, seen it. Yeah. It, you know, and it's just me and the world I'm in, but I was... Um, You're a little more in crush than I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit older. I've seen more things. Um, but so I, I feel like it was really important off the bat. I learned quickly that I, I need to be consistent. I need to be consistent in all the messaging I'm doing from, from emails to speaking mm-hmm. to visual and so that that I think has helped a lot mm-hmm. um, and and even from as minor and kind of subtleness as the fonts I use in my store on signage you know that everything in here has a font and we mm-hmm. keep it that way and we keep it that way on everything I do Interesting. and so it's it's um, it has a really clean crisp feel to it it's like Purposely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, purposely. it's visually interesting. It's but it's efficient too. It's like what I what I feel like a store should aspire to be. Like, why? Thank you. I I just thought it was really good. Yeah, actually, do you mind talking a little bit about that? How you developed your like concept with like store design, like, sure. putting out merchandise? Yeah. Uh, again, um, I hired a company to help me. Okay. Um, my background, just because I owned a retail store, didn't give me any. Um, superpower into making a store look good. (laughs) In fact, I struggled with that very much at my other store. I I never felt like it was who I was. And so I knew that I wanted um, it to be different than anybody's seen. And I knew I wanted it to be fun and playful. And I, I, so I had this vision. So after I got past the, oh, it's not going to be a kiosk drive-through, it's going to have an interior store. I might as well make it look cool. Yeah. And um, so I hired a company to to design it. I interviewed three or four different designers um, and I ended up landing with one that um, uh, I really just bonded with. His wife is a veterinarian. He's a huge animal lover. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very excited about my concept. Okay. That was that really kind of helped me decide because the other ones were kind of like cool and yeah I could do that and sure and you know I've I've never done a pet store before, but yeah, let's, let's, you know, I'm I'm happy to do it. He was like, 
this is so fun. I'm so excited to work on your project. I really, I have, I have, um, my experience is in retail, but never have I done a pet store, but I really want to do a pet store. So that, you know, enthusiasm helped me decide. And, um, we just had a blast together. They, we, he, we walked through Washington Square Mall together. He said, pick out all the things you love and all the things you hate. Just tell me every, just randomly, just throw it out there. Okay. So we walked into all these different stores. He's like, what do you, what do you love and hate about the store? I'm like, I love this. I hate this. I love this. I hate this. Uh-huh. This is okay. This is o- not okay. You know? So, and he just yeah. took that and he just kind of got an idea of what I was attracted to. And then he, um, he talked to his wife and he said, she said vet. And he said, what makes a dog feel comfortable? what kinds of things will make a pet feel comfortable in a space we want this to be an inviting space for dogs to come into so what is that they need to see things they they can't have a lot of clutter dogs okay it's not cluttered that's what yeah because it's stuff is laid out like you have a lot of there's a lot of stuff in a small space like yeah not not this sort of small but like the alberta one is like there's a lot of stuff in like a A smaller space smaller space but didn't feel crowded right i thought that was cool Thank you so, so much. Because yeah. like a target that is like enormous will still feel crowded. It's like, well, Can how much crap crowded. do you need to fit on your shelves? Right. Like, <laughs> like how bad are you trying Stack to Stack them high and let them fly, they say it. <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, it, it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of psychology around having a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because when there's one thing, I'm going to back up for a second. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it could work against me. You know, so uh, there's, there's a medium, there's a fine medium ground that, makes people feel comfortable if you have too minimal it's uncomfortable it feels bare and they don't want to take the last thing so it can be perceived as you don't have a lot on your shelf i don't want to take that but stack them high let them fly target costco a lot of other stores will literally overdo it and then then it brings in this mentality of oh i can take three or four there's plenty here i should have three or four because it's there's so much of it, mm-hmm. and and I've I've tested this out and it works. It really works. There's a there's a psychology around how you put a store together. So I, in hiring this com- this gentleman through his company, because he's done retail and high end retail as kind of his focus, mm-hmm. he understands all the psychology behind it. So he helped me design the store so that it wouldn't look cluttery, would feel comfortable to dogs. Dogs need to be able to see the edges of mm-hmm. things. So uh, if I, if you brought a dog in here and took their their leash off, the first thing they're gonna do is they're gonna run around the entire store and they're gonna come right to the back of the store. Uh-huh. Um, they, they wanna see what's back they're here. They're gonna follow the wall And they're around. gonna keep going around and around. They're securing it. They're making sure it's safe. They're making sure it, they know where everything is. Huh. And that's just their job that's by funny. nature. Okay. And I had no idea of that until he his wife told him, that's what they need to do and then he said um she said they need to be able to see through underneath the shelves if the shelves go all the way to the floor they're going to be nervous so make sure Uh that they can see under the shelves put some rugs underneath those shelves so they can go and sit down while you're having the long conversations about nutrition and supplements and Uh such put some toys down underneath the shelves so they can sit and chew on things they can test things out and maybe the owner will buy that because the dog liked it so there's a little you know merchandising yeah. kind of uh-huh. psychology to that you, you put things down for them to play well, with not gonna buy it like if, if, <laughs> if the dog loves it it's like well i mean yeah they, it's probably good unless their dog yeah. they just like will pick up anything and like then your house right. is full of 
like way too many things but yeah um i mean if the dog likes it it's kind of like oh you know it's whatever yeah, like, they, five ten bucks like yeah okay there, yeah, you, go. there you go there you go right yeah. exactly so so this was his name is randy higgins he's a genius mm. this is randy higgins design i i said okay and not okay to certain design thoughts mm -hmm. but for the most part this is his store i mean in terms of how it was designed so for example i don't know if you recognize when you walked in the 10-foot wallpaper from um like so the, the dogs on the yeah on on the on the wall, the, on the wall, wall yeah so so that yeah, like that, that is just a little swatch of of what we have so he he knew from kind of what i envisioned when i he had me describe like in verbs like what i want the store to be i'm like fun inviting um that we are experts in our field um you know i had some things that were really important to me that that store would feel like like mm -hmm. just if it could without saying we're fun we're inviting and we're experts what is it that show how how can that. i do that and so one of the things the fun part he took off with that he said i think you should have larger than life wallpaper of pets that are just in these crazy poses and i found the photographer that i i love her work and i want to show it to you so he showed me her work and she's a german photographer and he said, what do you think? Should we call her up and see if we can get the rights to buying some of her pictures? Mm -hmm. And so we did. And I'm like, oh my God, that'd be so cool. And I didn't yeah. ask how much it would cost. That was one of my downfalls. A lot of things I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then later, oh, that's that much? Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah. We might have to say goodbye to that idea. <laughs> and this and that. But there were some things that, you know, like the wallpaper idea, that was what, what we did. So. I did make budgetary yeah, decisions yeah. based on, you know, was it that valuable to me or was it not that valuable to me? And mm -hmm. the wallpaper was. And so I spent a, a chunk of money on that, with knowing that it was a permanent piece that would drop smiles on people's faces, mm -hmm. hopefully. And it is. It's like when someone that's first... Like the first thing I noticed when I walked in. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, that's the goal, is that we want people to walk in and go, yeah, this feels fun. Mm -hmm. um so and then um my table designs all my fixtures are designed not all of them but most of them are off the ground so the first shelf isn't low it's up so that a dog can actually crawl underneath and lay down and there's little um uh little carpet squares underneath the toys so and then i took that design idea and i remodeled my other store so what you saw the reason it felt uncluttered even though it was yeah. a small space is because i mimicked what we have here yeah and so randy and his team helped me with that store we laid it out and um and uh had the fixtures remade yeah. over there and and that's been about a year now since I, that's been done so yeah cool, cool. so yeah. I, I don't know if, i think i just keep going on and on so i'm so sorry oh no that's good uh, that was actually uh, a question luca had for you was that right yeah a little bit of sourcing Th my questions. Thanks, Luca. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Before I forget, thank you for taking the time. Oh, like you're I've, welcome. Yeah, I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank I've, you. I've learned a lot. Yeah, it's been cool. Thank, thank you. you. No, I I appreciate it. It's um, I I any business owner loves talking about their businesses. You're probably noticing. Um, it's actually one of the best parts about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like natural fit kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're passionate about it. It kind of it's kind of like people talking about their children or, the, or their pets too mm -hmm. they love they love them they want to mm -hmm. talk about them so it's only drawing good feelings and such um 
but also I love people following their dreams and I think you know being any way I can help mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. by just information about what I've learned and what I you know mistakes I've made that I wished I wouldn't have and, you know all yeah. those things that's the power of this you know because I believe that what you said um, you know that you want to do something on your own yeah you're figuring out what that is yeah and I think that's phenomenal and I think Thanks. that more people should be questioning how they spend their eight hours a day or nine hours or whatever it yeah. is you know so I agree and um, that's it's not just for me I mean I want to share it with other people and that's good just kind of show that show the possibilities that are out there yeah um, I don't know because I, I think if I ever start being preachy it'll it'll be bad um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't go over too well usually no, does it but just more of like educational yeah. or just trying to keep it fun and I, I can definitely be preachy so that's that's the danger I run so I can yeah. I yeah yeah well it's hard because like you're excited about something and you're like you should be excited about this too yeah why don't you get it yeah and then that that's what preaching is yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it's learning how to keep your enthusiasm and and still like and learn how to draw people into that mm-hmm. without it being that way which mm-hmm. I don't think you would be preachy to the people I, I can't imagine you coming across it's more when I write yeah okay yeah, and I don't know, certain people want to talk to them <laughs> you mentioned or the things that you've learned from oh yeah anything you would have done differently or you know I've made a ton of mistakes and I wouldn't regret any of them honestly but okay. I would say that the biggest thing that I've learned is to when something doesn't feel right and I've pushed through it and made a decision even though it didn't feel right mm-hmm. or I've done something that just yeah that that's my those are my regrets uh-huh. um, I should say regrets those are the mistakes I've made so I feel like if you you know if you know something is is not right for the business or right for the people that you're serving there's no there's that the the answer is don't do it mm-hmm. and there have been some times where I've pushed through and some some of those like gut feelings I've had about decisions I've made it made and for example hiring of staff mm-hmm. that I've made I've made some decisions that I really regretted later and it affected customers because I made a poor decision mm-hmm. or it affected my my bottom line because I made a poor decision with an employee that negatively affected my business mm-hmm. and I've always tried to listen to my gut instincts but sometimes I get wrapped up in the enthusiasm or the but it'll be okay. We just need to do this and this and this, you know. Mm-hmm. And and what it really boils down to is if I feel it at the beginning, just trust it and move on. And so that's where that's where yeah. I'm learning to, to kind of not not like make the same mistakes over and over. And um, and unfortunately, this past year I've had some some major things like that kind of happen. And so I'm learning how to just let go of it made a mistake made a hiring mistake move on with it and um, and it usually comes down to those kinds of decisions I've made more internally not so much like mm-hmm. um, something that's directly affected my 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 customers or so something like that but yeah so I feel like 
you know, really all the all the mistakes I've made, they're they're just learnings for me. And I'm as long as I don't make them more than once, I'm I'm I don't get too upset with myself anymore. Yeah, because well, I was going to ask. Um, it seems like failure is kind of a loaded word. Mistakes are obviously negative. Yeah. Um, how do you think about those concepts? Because it's I th- you're doing something hard, right? Like yeah. The, I you've got to. I feel like there's no no way around um, something happening that you wish you would have done it differently. There's just it's not going to be perfect, and mm-hmm. and so I guess if you call it a mistake or a failure or a learning or whatever, it's for me. I think if it if it went smoothly, it'd be boring. You know, I wouldn't grow and learn out of that. Okay. Be maybe a little less stressful from time to time, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time. Um, who doesn't make a mistake, you know? And I think that's sort of where I was talking earlier about like holding on to information and holding on to everything and being in charge of everything is because I, I'm coming out of fear of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't want the company to make a mistake. I don't want my customers to think that we're not perfect. And it's like, whoa, that first, if I'm holding on to all of that myself, it's gonna fail because I'm not perfect. <laughs> and number two, it just doesn't, s- it's not realistic. And so um, I've had some of the best customer experiences come out of things where a customer was complaining about something or somebody or, you know, and so some of those, some of those mistakes that we've made where perhaps we were perceived in a way that a customer was not happy about mm-hmm. has turned into some of the best learnings for us and some of the most you know best things about running a business I've turned I've had a, a customer who had such a negative experience at my other location um, in the last year go right onto social media and re- and and kind of blow it up quickly to the point where I thought this is so out of control I can't I can't even handle this <laughs> and turned it into a, a complete turnaround now she shops at our store it was her first experience in the store very upset by something that happened in the store and now she's a very loyal customer and it was, was re- it something with her pet it had to do with like a training question that had come up and um the employee is a actual dog trainer and so she probably didn't expect that this person knew what she the deep, the level that she knew when she asked a question and so anyhow what came out of it was a big learning on our end too because they don't know sometimes the things that we see they don't see our issues mm-hmm. and so when questions come up about their pets and we're talking about it be it health or training or behavior or what have you Sometimes a little question on their end becomes this in- entire like education on our end, and sometimes we can come across a little too preachy, mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of what happened. And I think it's a good remembering of like how they might have come in for a treat, and we're now talking about your your pet food needs to be changed, and they were coming in for something fun and we've turned it into you're, you know, you're a bad pet owner, you're feeding the wrong food. You know, they can take it and perceive it mm-hmm. completely different than what we were meaning. And so coming in and um, remembering where they're coming from and what 
their expectation is is so important. And so there have been some times, not very many, but sometimes that I've had the opportunity for a, a bad review to happen. And I appreciate that because I know for every one, there's probably a lot more people that felt the same thing. They just didn't write the review. Yeah. I know I'm the I'm very relationship oriented, but I've never written a review on a company, bad or good. Just yeah. don't do it. And so I know I just don't go back yeah. if it wasn't good. And so I appreciate those bad reviews and I talk to them about, you know, I, I offer, can we talk about it? And so this particular one, which I never imagined was going to go in a, a positive side, completely turned around and she apologized and she said she was so sorry and she was so quick to judge and so quick to um, put it on social media. She, without me asking, I didn't ask her to take anything off. She took everything off, um, gave us a five-star review. I mean, it was a really big flip. That's a big one. And it was a very unexpected result. And so that, that was, that was good. But um, I do believe that perception is everything. And we don't, even though we may not try to come across a certain way, we may come across a certain way from time to time and it's about resolving those as best we can yeah so okay anyway yeah um i feel like i i keep thinking of more and more questions but <laughs> at some point we need to do just as a concluding thought um what advice would you have for people uh looking to start their own business oh gosh um first of all um my first bit of advice would be to ask them to ask themselves if they're passionate about the idea of it um so if they have an idea of what they want to do um to ask why why they want to do it um because if the if the uh, answer makes that makes them excited um they're like i want to do this i'm enthusiastic i'm excited this is why then you're in the right direction um if it's because I, it's what I think I should be doing, or I've been told I'd be good at it, or there's some money in this, or you know, then I'd say reevaluate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think enthusiasm and passion are the first. That's the seed. Mm-hmm. Have to have it, um, and and then I I would um, give the advice that my business partner gave to me. Mm-hmm. She. She was right on, spot on. She said, "Laura, um, it's not a, it's not a job. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle. So once you pick being a business owner, you are your entire life shifts into. You're constantly thinking about the business, um, and perhaps worried about it. And that's normal. And it never goes away. <laughs> and it, and and success changes. So okay. you don't. You, you might have a a a." kind of an idea of where you want to be financially or growth wise and it's never enough just keeps going up going up going up so um being ready for that i think interesting yeah it's kind of like becoming a parent in a way yeah a lot of parallels i would Uh, have to say you know i that those are just the things that i've experienced i think that um you know i think everybody should keep an open mind and i think Anybody with passion for something and wants to make a difference in the world with it should consider opening their own business of some sort. Um, they just have to be ready for the ups and the downs and the the 
gone are, you know, you, you don't have that typical um, mindset anymore of getting vacation days and sick days and this, you know, that, that mindset yeah. goes away. You give that up to your employees <laughs> and you work your way to being able to take a vacation or get paid or have a day off as your business grows, but it may or may not happen right away. So yes, the income potential is there and the flexibility and the um, um, freedom is there eventually, but you'll be working very hard to get there generally. Um, and some people may have may be quicker at it than others. Um, for me, it took my first business about five years before I felt some freedom to where I could, ooh, I could take a day off. It's a lot of days in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and it's and it's that was just me and the the level I felt comfortable doing that. But I know other people; they start businesses and immediately we were talking a little bit about the differences in in mindsets, yeah. um, and and other people might be feel differently right off the bat and have this is have it set up in place where they can do that sooner it's very situational yeah depends yeah. on the business but um i'm a hands-on person and i do believe um more businesses succeed when you're hands-on yeah yourself because no one will love it like you do <laughs> believe me as much as these guys are phenomenal and they love me and they love the business um it's not their debt to pay yeah. it's not their house yeah. payment that they have to cover based off how this store does they're covered they have yeah. salaries you know and so it's they're not they're not feeling the the, the um, right. exact passion that i'm feeling and i know that yeah so pretty wild <laughs> um, so could i ask okay sure please please no. um you did you mentioned something that it reminded me of when we were talking on the phone because you mentioned like in college and kind of doing like stuff like you were following a certain path because you felt like you were supposed to do it. Right. Um, what What would you share with people who are doing something or feel like there's a right way to do things or like they're, they're supposed to do things a certain way? <laughs> um, I, I think that... Um, hmm. I think if that ma whatever makes them happy uh -huh. is what they should be doing. Um, I think that some for some people... If that if the right thing feels right to them, that's what they should then then pursue that. Everyone's different, and mm -hmm. everyone has different levels of responsibilities. Yeah. I didn't have children, and so I didn't have you know that concern mm -hmm. in front of me that that may have changed the yeah, way I I did things. Changes people's yeah sure. yeah exactly. So I just I think that it has to be coming down to what's real for each pe person, what what makes them happiest. For a lot of people, security of having somebody, somebody else pay them, mm -hmm. having paychecks from a you know, from a, a from a, a really good job. You know, I think we should all aspire to being the happiest we can be. And for some people, it is working for somebody else and and having the security of that. Mm -hmm. um, because let's face it, it's really risky to open your own business. It really is, no matter what. And um, and so I think. I think you have to be ready for that kind of up and down, you know, um, risk that can happen, and and just know that that's that's potentially going to be difficult. So can you, you know, you don't know till you get into it if you can handle it emotionally. Um, uh, answering that question, I'm having a hard time. Um, 
I'm not fishing for a particular answer here because like, that's why I'm interviewing you. Instead okay. of like, having a monologue, okay. like Rush Limbaugh style. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes those. No. Um, so more about like yeah, just kind of how broad. to follow what's right and wrong. Yeah. How I do think you? I think you know it is a it was a journey for me to know what I wanted, and I I had a lot of pride in thinking what I wanted to do was a certain thing, and then when I realized I didn't want to do that it kind of, I still kept moving towards it because I thought that I had told so many people I was going to do it that I better do it or else it reflects poorly on me. Right. Um, and I think it's okay to change your mind. Yeah. Do you think other people are okay with that? Yes. <laughs> I think everybody's okay with it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I think um, in my in my case, everybody was fine with it, but I think it was just me. I had all the pressure on just me. Um, but, you know, I think that's kind of where I was going. Everybody has a different, different commitments in their mm -hmm. life, and it may or may not result in the same decision for them. And they may have gone too far into that path, and ha they may have gone to med school and started their own practice. Yeah. Pretty locked in, and yeah. and you're kind of locked in yeah. at that point in time with with such. So it could be more difficult at that point. So it is about trusting your gut and knowing early on. And and it and perhaps someone really has a lot of things they want to do in their life, and that's okay too. It's okay to have multiple interests and do something for a period of time and stop, and then do something else. It's just w whatever works for for each individual. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's 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 um it's a, it's a good question, and it's not an easy one to answer actually. No. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, and that—that that is actually my last question. Th thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, I really appreciate you giving me the time today. Oh, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, I would love to listen to your podcasts. I haven't. I I don't know where to find them. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, it's on uh, Apple iTunes or like wherever you get your podcast app under Why Try. Thanks again, Laura, for taking the time. It's Laura Amateur. You can find her businesses at HealthyPetsNorthwest.com. Hers is located on Alberta here in Portland and at TFSPets.com for the filling station. That's TFS Tango Foxtrot Sierra Pets.com. And on Twitter at TFS Pets Tigered. Also, kind of a cool update, since recording this conversation, Michelle and I got a dog. Her name is Penny, and you can find pictures of her by following the podcast on Twitter at WhyTryPodcast. She's pretty adorable too, so check it out. You can find out more about guests and upcoming episodes there too. As always, please hit subscribe and send me an email with ideas and feedback for the show. Uh, music for this podcast is by the chunks of exquisitely arranged stardust known as Cambrian Explosion. Find them at cepdx.bandcamp.com. Finally, if you like the podcast, uh, have a new development, you can check out uh, nicholaspeel.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-P-I-H-L.com, where you can find some blog posts and book recommendations. Thanks for listening.